Hey guys, coming up today, actress-singer Jolie Fisher, best known, well, I guess for being Carrie Fisher's sister, but also for her role on the now-defunct ABC sitcom Ellen and the daughter of Hollywood royalty. guys, it's me, your rent Lisa Stanley, and today on What Goes On Around Here, uh, well, we've got an actress, singer, and author. Her name is Jolie Fisher. She grew up in a Hollywood dynasty, her dad, Eddie Fisher, her mom, Connie Stevens, and her half-sister, Carrie Fisher. Today, we chat all things Fisher and what it's like to grow up in a fishbowl. Hi, Jolie Fisher. Welcome to What Goes On Around Here. What does go on around here? Well, we're about to find out. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me. Oh, you know I adore you. Um, Full disclosure, I feel like I have to do this every single podcast, but Jolie is a friend of mine, and uh, I adore you. You only have friends around you, though. Well, I try. I try. I mean, there might be a few enemies, so I don't know. (laughs) Those are make-for-juicy conversations, I bet. Ah, yeah, I bet they would. All right, so let's do this. Um, I don't know how many people know your story, if you will. I know a lot of people know who you are, but do they know your childhood as the daughter of, well, let's just say it, Hollywood royalty? It's true. True true story. Yeah. Your dad, Eddie Fisher. Your mom, you'll put cheers in and on that. You'll add some cheers. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely cheers, not cheers. To me, he was so wonderful. (laughs) Now, what you don't know, which I didn't even know until just now, I called my dad, which I do every morning when I get off the morning show that I do over at K Earth. Mm -hmm. And he said, uh, What are you doing? I said, Well, I'm getting ready to do a podcast with Jolie Fisher. And the first words out of his mouth, Is that Eddie's daughter? Mm. And I go, Oh, did you know we were buds? Stop. Well, Or don't stop. Tell me. They were buddies. You know, my dad is a television writer, was retired. And uh, apparently they knew each other well. And furthermore, uh, not that this is relevant to your story, but my dad's first kiss was Elizabeth Taylor. It's very incestuous here. Which, by the way, Elizabeth Taylor was a stepmother to Jolie at one time. Well, she came before me. I mean, I, you know, I, I call, I'm, I call Debbie Reynolds Mama Debs, but my mom, Connie Stevens, came sort of later in the in the showcase showdown (laughs) (laughs) in the wolf pack women, wily women. Um, Beautiful, all of them, by the way. My father did get around. Had some good taste, your dad, man. (laughs) So he had something. He was tall. No, he wasn't tall. He was was funny. Funny, charismatic. He could sing. uh, I mean, just velvety, beautiful. And he had a very large... Wallet the pants off of girls, <laughs> <laughs> and he had a large wallet when he stood on it. He right. was six feet tall. He was tall. super tall on his wallet. <laughs> All right, and it's not just you. You have a darling sister, Trisha. I do, and then your half sister, who we've lost, is Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. Um, do a lot of people know that? Or do people, like, are they like, whoa, that's your sister? I think they know now. I think um, I've sort of made it known in social media, you know, how 
um, deep and complex our relationship it was and um, and losing her was was a very dark time for me and and just sort of coming out of it now and then it hits you like a wave of you know yeah, well, grief. It hasn't been that long. It's not. It's it's almost two years, which is like unbelievable yes. to me that um, that time does fly when you're alive. But um, so I, I I did. I wrote about my relationship with her. I wrote about losing her in an article. Uh, in the Hollywood Reporter, and at the end of it, I um, sort of, um, you know, I don't know, unintentionally, but just you know, with good reason, said, um, "You can't write this um, R I G H T, but you can write it W R I T E." And boy, do I have a book in me! And and I did suddenly. And the I, book is here, growing um, up Fisher, which we are going to get to this okay. book. Yeah, because this book is great. What I do want to ask, and I think that everybody is interested in hearing, you mentioned Debbie Reynolds, mm-hmm. who was also married uh, to Eddie Fisher, your dad, and who was Carrie's mother. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand that you guys lived next door. Oh my God, it's a great story. It's a great story. So we were we were fairly young, and we moved out of our big Homeby Hills house, and you know leased it out. And my mom said we're going to go to Malibu, which at the time Malibu was like you know sandy, salty, dirty, tiny little sexy beach houses. But still, no, there was there was not a tennis court on the beach anywhere. Now there's like eight of them on Carbon Beach. Thank you, David Geffen. Yeah. So, um, so we were looking for a house and we walked out onto the deck of this little house and we looked next door and my mom's like, who's the asshole that has a swimming pool on the beach? And the lady went, (laughs) Debbie Reynolds. So we bought the house and wait a minute. She knew it was Debbie's and she still bought the house. They were very good friends How did to that the happen? end, I'm telling you. She um you know, I think they are um soulful women who grabbed their bootstraps up and and grabbed their children. My mom says one on each hip, a diaper bag and a sequin gown and got the hell out of dodge. <laughs> Um, not to necessarily escape Eddie because, you know, we did sort of try to forge relationships with him, each one of us individually. But um, in spite of did the relationship. Did you call your dad Eddie? Or are you just um, using that now? You know what? I, I Occasionally I did. I called him Eddie to other people, but I called him dad. Okay. Yeah. Never, oh, my papa or daddy. There wasn't, it wasn't, it didn't yeah. feel that way. I don't ha- I didn't have that daddy either. I called him dad or poppy. Poppy, that's cute. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, you know, I I did, I had, I don't, did not leave anything unsaid with my father as I wrote in my book. I had, I forced myself basically into his life as about, at about 16. um, And then I ended up traveling with him. And, and when we memorialized him, um, when he he died eight years ago, and um, my mom looked at this kind of slideshow that I had put together and she's like, wow, you spent a lot of time with him. And she was, proud of that she didn't not like that she was like that's that's amazing like she didn't feel like she did that bad of a job but, you know but growing up before 16 before your relationship not barely so much, a visit right? yeah but i did because uh, i did read part of your book growing up fisher which we're going to get to um uh what a great book cover too by the way which we will show all of you uh in a photo i did read that there were parties that you were around and like drew barrymore you might have been exposed to too much 
as a young person um, than the normal person. Is that true? I write my first um, ex- my first exposure to drugs was as a toddler. Um, it didn't mean that I was using drugs as a toddler, clearly, but I did. Um, I did. I do have a story in there that you know was sort of like when the book came out originally a year ago. Everybody was like, "Jolie watched her dad shoot up." It wasn't at all like that. But oh, I um, heard uh, a year ago, Jolie rolled joints for her dad. No, I rolled joints for my mother. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I liked Connie. <laughs> Expertly, by the way. <laughs> I mean, you should see my, I know my way around a, what are they called? And, Job and, paper. And she is a sober girl, just for all of you uh, wondering. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Um, I, um, no, I, I found a letter and I found this sheet music that my father had written this song through the eyes of Jolie. And it was a huge responsibility. I won't use the words that I use in the book on here, but um, to, to, to he was asking me to make the world better and that I was going to be the answer and that this baby was going to be different. A lot and, of pressure. Yeah, huge, huge responsibility, huge pressure. And, um, and I had this vision of seeing him... Um, with works like tying himself off and injecting himself, which everybody knows it's widely um, recounted and chronicled and, and written about that my father used drugs. I mean, he should not have lived as long as he did 38 years, speedballs and, you know, later on in life, just marijuana. And he never drank. He never smoked cigarettes. Um, but just the hard stuff, <laughs> <laughs> he went right for the good um, stuff. which he was introduced to because he couldn't sing one night. And Dr. Max Jacobson, Dr. Needles, they called him, who was the doctor of choice for politicians and movie stars everywhere. Um, they, he would shoot them up with um, amphetamines and cocaine and an, an elixir, they called it. Would this be the same doctor that helped out Judy Garland? Everyone. Wow. Ken, John Kennedy, President wow. John F. Kennedy. Um, I, I think my my father wrote in his book. It's he's not. We can't defame guy, right? the people that are that are not here anymore. But um, and he's dead. This doctor. Oh yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. But he, but I'll tell you why my father initially took the shot is he couldn't sing and he had to go on stage and they called this doctor dr needles and they said it's going to fix you right up it's vitamins and you get addicted in you know pretty instantly to that to that sort of thing but he could sing and he and he had eight shows to do that day or however many or whatever um so uh so that was his experience and into the drug world Yes. Now, I also believe, you know, in having, you know, uh, the predisposition for uh, for addiction and all kinds of things in in our DNA that it's not just because drugs are in front of you and then you get addicted. There's a need for it. There's there's something that you want. There's holes you need to fill. There's voices you need to quiet. And I say to myself, self, you can only be responsible for filling your own holes (laughs) (laughs) and um, and have, you know, found a way to, you know, my way back out of sort of like darkness with that. So let's talk about that for a minute. Um, you eventually got yourself involved in that same scenario of using drugs, correct? I did. And uh, went down a deep, dark path, you say in your book. I did. You know, I never saw, like nobody ever said, you think to yourself, I don't really have a problem. You know, I, did, you th- I, I, did you say that to yourself? I did until I didn't. I did until I was like on a ledge, not literal ledge, but figuratively. Um, rock bottom, as yeah, they say. Yeah, I mean, I, the, here's the thing. I never went to work high. What was I your never, drug of choice? Mm, 
<laughs> that many, huh? <laughs> I mean, I would I would drink and then I would do some coke. Okay. Yeah. And then right. I would do some coke, more coke. <laughs> okay. And so you had that in common with Carrie. Yes. I did. did I did. Did that uh, give you a, a strength together or how did that work? Well, I was really always very happy to have Carrie Fisher as a sponsor. I mean, sister. <laughs> Um, I, <laughs> you know, listen, I, we, again, somebody who's not here to defend, but that we have all, we know a lot of ba- about because of, you know, um, because of growing up, yeah, everything. But listen, you, you say you grew up in a fishbowl, so everybody was watching you guys and your every move. Yeah. That didn't, that didn't give you pause for hesitation. You just plowed through it. I feel like it's, there's a, there's a thing about being in the fishbowl. Like we're looking at this window in here yes. right now and you're looking and you, and when you see people in there, it's like you're drawn to look at, and we know we're not supposed to tap on the glass and we're nowhere. And then we're like, Ooh, that's a pretty one there. And you're looking and, Oh, she's dark. Oh, wow. Look at that one. How that one swims. You can't help yourself, but look. And I think that we were also come from an era where, mm, uh, let me take that back. We're also in an era now again where we are asking people to look at us on Instagram and social media and stuff like that, but for different reasons. So I think my mother and father were both from a time iconically so where they were like accessible where you the the fan movie star magazines and different, things like that and different time in a different then. way but it's yeah. the same stuff it's the same um hunger and thirst for wanting to know about people and what they do and what they wear and who they're dating and if they if they can overcome something or you know oh she had a baby and she's still fat and i mean it's like uh, uh, mind-blowing which i think makes you either go oh my god i've got a you know, be thin or, oh, I, I, I've got to do or better. It. Yes, exactly. And is that what happened to you? Oh, I mean, screw it? at times, at times, you know, there was like a website that, that, um, this or a long time ago that was like actresses who spoke and they would show clips of you smoking on screen. And then they'd try to find paparazzi shots of you smoking outside a nightclub. And, um, I don't smoke anymore, but I, um, I did do anything. Anymore. I did. Pretty boring. Lo- I do love, I do love a <laughs> glass of Cabernet. Don't get me wrong. But she so if you see me, it. <laughs> if you see me out there, <laughs> She may love it from afar. <laughs> That's as close as it gets. All right. Let's talk about Growing Up Fisher. Okay. Uh, your book, which my which mother is, was like, but you didn't. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, which is coming out in paper back in two weeks, you yep, said? October 30th. Okay. It's been fantastic. doing really well. It's been out since November of last year. And I'm I'm really proud of it because it um, it is so, is so candid and so authentically my voice so it's also available on audible which is like me reading it to you so you can have like sexy nighttime bedtime stories i don't know you could listen to it in the car maybe not with the kids (laughs) (laughs) definitely not with the kids um okay so when you decided that you were going to write this book i assume you had to go to your family and say mom trisha uh, and Carrie, was she gone already? When Carrie we was wrote? gone, yeah. Okay, so, and Debbie was gone. So you had to go to the other two, Connie and Trisha, and say, hey, I'm going to write a book. Did you ask if it was okay to put certain stories in, or did you just take liberty? I wrote it first. Aha. Uh-huh. 
and then said, this is what it's going to be. I sat with my mother on a plane. Jerry Lewis had passed away and we were going to his memorial because my mother did several movies with him and they were very close and it was very important to her. And she was always on the telethons with Jerry. I used to see her all the time. And my mother um, is has just turned 80 years old a couple of years ago she had a stroke she doesn't get around as well anymore so still looks beautiful she really does she really does i told her that the other day stevens is a beautiful woman we went to vegas for this memorial and we were sitting on the plane and i had the book in its um not even galley form it was paper and i was doing the changes with a red pencil which is like one of the steps you have to go through and i said do you want me to read it to you so i read her five chapters on the plane because she was captive And the first thing she said to me was, Jolie, it's really good. But do you have to put that part about the thing? And I was like, it's already in there, mom. I'm, you know, she's always been a little bit more like close to the vest than, than I, she's a mom, she's a mom, but also she, well, you're a mother too. So you understand the protectiveness. I am. I'm a mother effer. (laughs) And a mother of three. (laughs) Yeah. I am. I'm actually a mother of five, but but three daughters in the house right Correct. now that all demand my attention. Correct. And one wants the sandwiches cut crusts. One wants the apples cut up and the other wants a bagel. And then I three lunches all the time. I'm like 630, whether or not I worked or didn't work or I'm on my way somewhere. I'm, I'm, you Is know, that how you were raised. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. I know the answer is no. <laughs> I know the answer my is sister, no. My sister Trisha Lee and I would get up, fend for ourselves, and then go, Mom, Mom, get up. You gotta take us to school. And she literally would like throw a coat over a nightgown. Not even like patrol. Well, she's not getting out yeah. of the car, so who yeah. cares, right? Oh my god. Okay, and let's just talk a minute, um, before we get into some of these crazy stories in the book. Well, this is in the book actually. You found out that Carrie died through TMZ. I did. You know, I think I saw Harvey Levin the other day and I kind of like put my head down because I don't want to give him that. Um, that Yeah, I don't. I mean, I give him the cred. You do uh, in the book. I do. This is how it went down. I um, I was doing a play in Laguna and I had they had rented me this little house and it was way on top of the hill. It had terrible cell service. But the night before I had been texting Carrie Oh, what like about? Like all night. We were talking about um, the fact that she was playing a, a witch in a movie in Italy and that I was playing um, Maleficent in a play. And I was, da- I said, I'm shaking my moneymaker and I'm going to be 50 years old. And she goes, oh, my God, 50 year. Yeah, I wrote I wrote most of it yes. in there. But and she was like, I'm 60 and I'm going to see you at Christmas. And we talked about our mothers and that Debbie, she and felt she seemed completely fine, was right? slipping away. Yeah. Oh, she was completely fine. Um chatty and we and it went because there were rumors that she had maybe gone back into some prescription pills or there were rumors you know listen i don't know i think people who are addicts who um are functioning addicts too i think that's you no question when you see them walking down the street you don't know they've taken anything so um but um so you're texting we're texting back and forth and and then i lost service and she's picked up with a text because she was eight hours ahead and said my phone died the irony and she said but i'm getting on a plane and i will see you and then she had a heart attack yes and so when in the morning i picked up and i saw oh she's got on the plane and then i got this call from an 818 number and um it was over and over and over again and i i didn't have any service and i was like somebody's trying to get a hold of me and it was Harvey Levin. And he said, can you confirm? First, he said that your mother 
has had a heart attack on a plane. Oh and my I, God. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? And then I, I was like, uh, uh, you know, and of, of course I couldn't confirm because I didn't know anything about it. But um, then He's we did the confirm. the one who told you. We did confirm later. As yeah. I go, as I descended down the hill from my beach rental in Laguna to go work, to do a matinee, the messages started popping up and it was oh. just devastating, devastating. Well, we so, know how devastating it was for Debbie because she didn't last but two days later, right? Two or three days later, she that, passed. Yeah, that was, well, that actually, I went to the hospital and sort of sat vigil for a couple of days. But we you went said through, you knew that was going to happen. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, we knew it. She, she had just bad said. leaving Todd, though. She, <laughs> <laughs> no offense, but Carrie had a brother named Todd. She didn't feel bad about leaving him. <laughs> she was, you know, the story from Todd um, is that, you know, she sort of asked her, her his permission. Yes, that's what Todd which says. Is, which, if that is true, I don't know if, it, if, if it's true for sure, but if it is true, what a her. spectacular moment that right. is for both of them. Yes. To de- be able to depart this life knowing that you are free to do so and, to, and you know, who knows whether we meet up on another plane. I'd like to think like we to do think in we do. some way. Yeah. By the way, I see my sister in so many things i see her i hear her speaking to me i i had this crazy vision as i was writing and i was living in this we just moved a year ago again but i was in the house where i was writing the book and and i woke up at four o'clock in the morning and on my elliptical was carrie and she was smoking a cigarette and she was like write the book Write the book, Jolie. <gasps> like I swear, I mean, oh, it was I clear you. as could, oh, I got clear. chills. She was in the room, in the room. Well, that that is definitely a chilling thing to go through. Um, and speaking of seeing her, tell me what it was like when you realized your sister was Princess Leia. <laughs> Oh my God. So to go back in time, I was like, you know, a an awkward, um, chubby, like 10 year old girl. Right. So I I didn't feel pretty. I was not you know, I wasn't um, I, I looked at my mom who was like just incandescent. She was just just on. I would stand in the wings and look at her on stage and just go, oh my God, I've got to get that. I've got to be that. I've got to look at what it's doing to the audience. Look at what it's doing to her. Oh, my God. It's like sex. It's amazing. I didn't know what sex was then, but I knew it was good. And I was like, this is amazing. And you knew amazing. she was gorgeous. Gorgeous. But I didn't feel gorgeous. So, um, you know, I had heard that I had a sister and she had, you know, babysat us a couple of times when we were very little. I had this um, vision of her holding me as a baby baby and speaking French to me, which then later I found out she was fluent in French. So it's like, I know I, I, know I heard it. I know I, I, know I had the experience, you know. So... I go to see Star Wars. Knowing that it's your sister. Knowing that I have this sister and uh-huh. she's like, was like 19. So yeah. I was just going to be 10. Right. <laughs> um, and, and there she was. And she was in this diaphanous white, that gown and those iconic cinnamon bun, crazy buns on the side of her head. And, and I, and this like half British accent. <laughs> <laughs> But she was a princess. She yeah, was a fucking princess. And and what I thought to myself, and I know she was playing a character, but at, at that point in my life, I was like, maybe I'm part princess. Oh. And I really felt like I, it, there was something about it. Like I, it wasn't like Carrie gave that to me. It, I, I already had it in me, but I, re- I recognized something that was similar. And then we did. We developed an amazing relationship over decades. And 
Um, yeah. Wow. Well, you missed. must have felt beautiful when you were Miss Golden Globe in yeah. 1992. <laughs> wow, you <laughs> pulled that one out of somewhere. What was that Somebody, like? There are often people who are like, weren't you Miss Golden Globes? And I'm like, yeah, look at them. <laughs> it's Golden Globe. Not globes. Yeah. Although the globes are okay these days. Well, they look all right to me. Um, what was that like? Because let me explain to everybody. Usually, or almost always, the Golden Globe girl is a daughter of a very famous person. Right. So right? so I think um, historically it was female. It was a daughter and it was a second generation that the Hollywood Foreign Press Association thought had promise. And Laura Dern and, um, my God, and Melanie Griffith and... And oh, um, Marlo Thomas yeah. and, you know, a lot a lot of us have gone on to a career. Some people chose not to be in show business. It's fine. Then they started um, well, you saying, went on well, let's open it own, up. You went on to win your own Golden Globe. I didn't win. I got nominated. Oh. And boy, it was an honor to be nominated. I'll say. What was that for? <laughs> Till Death? That was for Ellen. Oh, for Ellen. Yes. And I lost to, it's the category, it's called Best Supporting Actress in a comedy drama made for tv movie or miniseries and i lost to Anna, angelina jolie oh bitch <laughs> <laughs> what anthony wants to chime so I, in i, I want to say okay uh, you're the reason why i watch till death oh thank you i was like this you're is the one a great looking woman <laughs> Brad Garrett, I mean, he is like absolutely like what I was going to say about the Golden Globes. Though now they have decided to change it and make it a little politically correct. It's like they mail. made it a, no, an ambassador. There's no, you know, it's good. not trophy girl and right, you know whatever. So I'm okay. I with was that. just I'm a, I was just a trophy girl. Um, Brad Garrett is funny guy though, isn't he? We I got a call t- and this script arrived till death and I thought what you know is terrible title but uh, I get it till death do us part a married couple that's been married 20 plus years and Tammy Billick who is the casting director of Ellen said you're so right for this you've got to read we're going to bring you in on a Saturday and you'll chemistry read with Brad Garrett and so I start to flip the script and I'm like it's hilarious I'm not old enough to play this woman <laughs> so I, you know, in the world of TV, I suppose I am. I could have been married 20 years. So I go in to Sony and and, uh, sit down and Brad and I start to read the scenes. And it was just instant chemistry and instant love. And we were, I I feel like, just worked off each other. He's as filthy dirty as I am. We went toe to toe. He's six foot eight. And I felt waif-like around him. What Hilarious, though, is like, he's this big guy and he couldn't pick me up because he has a bad back. I was like, the one time that I get this big... Big guy, um, but I, we had... I actually dated him. Stop it! Yes, no, you did not. <laughs> yes, I did. That's hilarious. <laughs> and every time I see him now, he goes, "You could have been the future Mrs. Uh, Garrett, the I future ex Mrs. Yes. Garrett." I go, "Thank God, thank yeah. God for that." Yeah, he cracked me up on our first date. He wanted me to fly like to Vegas or somewhere with him, and. Somebody was talking about first class, and he says, don't book first class. I don't ever fly first class. I'm like, well, then I'm not going with you anywhere. And he said, "He said, why would you want to be at the front of a plane? Have you ever seen a plane go down backwards? <laughs> if you're in the back, you've got a chance to live, he says. 
I highly doubt Mr. Garrett doesn't fly first class. I highly doubt it, too. Yeah, no, he's a really cool dude. I really I mean, I really we like have him. some crazy. I mean, we did and we did four seasons and it was a tough it was a tough um, to, for people to find it when they did. They loved it. I got stopped by people who were like, oh, my God, it's like real married people. And we had this great like, you know, sexual tension still underneath. We It was like we were hot for each other, but we fought as like as much as any couple could. Like the Bickersons. And, yeah. It was it was but it was fun and it was it was kind of like a mad about you meets all in the family. You know, this curmudgeon guy and this, you know, I, I wasn't I, I had the time of my life. I really did. And, and um, is that the last time you did a regular series on television? It is as a regular, yeah. That's what I, I mean. did. Yeah. I did um, a bunch of episodes of the show Last Man Standing before it has moved, moved to, Fox. Out of Fox. Right again, playing opposite Hector Elizondo. Oh, I love him. <laughs> oh my God, he's a little old. It was for you, a little though, right? May December <laughs> of nineteen forty-five romance. When did you know uh, that acting? I know acting is in your blood. You're born into it, like you know. People are born into dynasty. She was born into one. But when did you know that's what you wanted to do? How old were you? I mean, I, I birth. I mean, I really was like, I, I tell a story in the book about that my father was on stage at the Frontier Hotel in Las Vegas and Steve Wynn was a busboy in the audience and my mother went into labor and was put into twilight sleep at St. Joseph's Hospital in Burbank um, and they, you know, Eddie wasn't around, you know, Natch but, um, <laughs> but they called while Eddie was on stage and I think I was born at like one thirty in the morning so it was like one of those late shows one something in the morning and, um, and they called and they put a, got the phone to backstage and they brought a microphone out on the stage and and Eddie was like Connie's gonna have a baby Connie's gonna have a baby and they smacked me on the ass because that's what they used to do to make my first sound and my first sound came out over a microphone oh for God's sakes you know I mean it was destiny welcome I, to that I would hit the Vegas stage at some point which I'm gonna do December first yes we are gonna um, totally get into that here in a minute um yeah so and then acting wise you know. I, it was it was I, musical theater and school and I went to Emerson College and did every play and what about Trisha know. Lee I, I know she did for a little bit right and then yeah she's an actress she's an actress acting? she's a singer she's a writer as well have you guys ever thought about doing because I know you call this what we're going to talk about in a minute your act two if you will um, have you ever thought of doing a cabaret show with your sister I have. Yeah, we've we've and people have talked to us about it. I mean, we've been listen, we've been putting on a show together all of our lives. You know, right. I mean, I would frankly love to do this format in the fishbowl with Trisha because we have a lot of um, you know, there's nobody cellularly close to the, to me than Trisha Lee. And we do um we, but we are different human beings, but we see the world through this lens of uh, you know, this similar do you lens. We each other? We do. Oh, good. Yeah. We see each other every day. Oh, that's great. Yeah. All right. So you're a mom. I'm a mom. We discussed five kids, only three at home. And what an accomplishment. Married over 22 years to the same man, people. That is an accomplishment here in Hollywood, don't you think? It's an accomplishment anywhere. And I think marriage is tough. Marriage is hard. You know, I just he just took a job out of town and I had a celebration about it. (laughs) (laughs) Where is it? Atlanta. Oh, that sounds so good. (laughs) 
All right, look, you have conquered a lot in your short life. Uh, you've conquered TV, Broadway, you've written your memoir, Growing Up Fisher, out in paperback in two weeks. Um, you've done a TED Talk, which I am so in awe Although of Although I'm searching for it, I still haven't seen I it. I saw it. Oh, you I did? watched your whole TED Talk. Oh, good, okay. Listen, you got to get a box of hankies if you're going to watch her TED Talk, Listen, man. the TED Talk, you it, this like is what crazy. became, the the TED Talk, I was asked to do a TED Talk before the book. By the way, it was, the TED book. Talk, it was TED Talk X in Vancouver, and in case anyone wants to look it up, uh, Google it, because you are powerful in this. Oh, thank you. It Did was you have sort to do before, a lot of prep work for it? It was before, um, you know, just at the very, very beginning of Me Too. And it was, and so, so the first time I hit the TED stage was before I wrote the book. And, and so the TED talk really kind of evolved into the book. So the, that one, um, you know, I ran long and there's sort of rules about things like that. This one was, um, just about sexual harassment and about, you know, the, the moment that we were, that we're all still having, unfortunately, um, extremely emotional emotional it really was to watch and to hear you your passion oh thanks honestly i i had to turn it off <laughs> i did i was crying i'm like i can't listen to this anymore i feel like that pretty much every day when i turn on the news i don't blame you <laughs> from the all morning right. till the night <laughs> all right and now you're back to your singing roots yes. let's talk about act two in jolie fisher's life and that is your cabaret show, which I cannot wait to see. I'm getting my act together and taking it on the road. Literally. Yes. So tell us all about it, please. Well, I was, you know, I I was telling these friends of mine that are singers um, just yesterday. I was like, you know, I sing and then I don't sing. I mean, I sing around the house. But then somebody says, hey, we're doing a benefit. Come and sing about cancer and boobs or sing about AIDS or do this or whatever and, and I go and I show up and there's like 40 amazing singers and I'm like I don't really belong here because I'm not and then I realize I do I'm do. a singer and so I where were was we asked, when I just saw you performing on the Emmys where were we we oh, were the in memoriam. You, you popped right out. I didn't even know she was going to be there. All of a sudden, I hear Jolie Fisher, and I look, <laughs> and there she is in this gorgeous gown, belting out this song. I'm like, what? Where did this come from? Uh, you know, it's funny. <laughs> Actually, Carrie used to say that, too, and Trisha Lee. People say, oh, I didn't know you sang. And we're like, "Where? you've been under a rock? That's yeah. all we ever do. <laughs> but... So I sang in this benefit and somebody came up to me and said, do you have a whole show? And I was like, what do you mean? Do I have a whole show? Of course I have a whole show. And then I was like, do I have a whole show? So I started to create a show out of the book. So I want people to see the show and go, oh, I've got to read the book. And I want them to read the book and go, oh, I'd love to see her on stage. So now you have that chance. That's fantastic. <laughs> so All it's right, so stories and songs. No original songs. You're going to hear songs you know, some you don't. Any Little that your parents sang? Little tidbits, but you know, my mother and father's biggest hits were, you know, 16 Reasons and Kooky Kooky Lend Me Your Comb. Oh, God. And Oh My Papa. <laughs> so, what I always say is, you know, they don't write songs like they used to, nor Thank should God. they. <laughs> but I do honor them with material that makes me feel. Um, the way that I feel about my parents. I do sing some stuff from Cabaret and Grease, which are the two shows I did on Broadway. I do some 70s groovy stuff, and I do some contemporary amazing takes on, um, I don't want to tell, but you know, no, don't songs tell. that you hear on the radio now that you'll go, wow, that was a different interpretation of that. Wow. Well, I All one, kind I'm of so glued excited. together with stories from the and book. And where, uh, wh what part of the country are you touring in so people that are listening can 
could go get some tickets. I am going to London the first week of November to Brasserie Zadel. Then I'm going to 54 Below in New York, November 15 and 16. Vegas, my first headlining gig in Vegas. Wow. Um, December 1st at the Myron's Cabaret Jazz at the Smith Center. I know where that is. And the Purple Room in Palm Springs, December 8th. And then I close in LA at the Wallace Annenberg at the Sorting Room in uh, the middle of December. That's so. where I will be. <laughs> I'm, I have a seat ready for you. I will be there for sure. All right, look, uh, I, I've been dying to ask this since I've known you. Your craziest story from a fan, because you've got some fans. Think of one that just, you were like, your, your, your own mouth dropped. You know, I had, I, 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 I hesitate to say that there. You know, I have some crazy Let's call it wacky. fans How about now. That? Yeah, I, you know, it, it always. I've always responded to. Like, I watched my mom sign every eight by ten and post it back to people that wrote letters to her. And then I started hearing, oh, you really shouldn't do that. You really shouldn't engage. But I did, and it was during Ellen and. It was a woman who was in the armed forces and she took a liking to me and then ended up um, writing me all the time. And I responded once and then I twice. And then I was like, should I be doing this? And anyways, I, I don't know if she, I lost track of her. Uh, you know, it's fine. But nothing scary, right? She came to Uh-oh. an Ellen taping and and it was like a moment of, and I, I didn't, fe- I wasn't fearful, but it was during the time where, listen, we did a historical thing with the Ellen show with a woman coming out on television and in life. And what came along with it was bomb threats and sweeps of the studio before we would go on and do the show. And so everybody was always on, you know, erring on the side of like, you know, you can't, do that you can't have people in that close proximity but it never anything came of it there are a few people now who are reaching out with um some interesting things that they'd like to do to me and um i would like to tell them that that's never going to (laughs) happen it must be a whole different world now with the social media aspect like your parents probably had crazy stalker fans but they weren't able to get that close there were the prison numbers you know the letters that we used to get like from you get prison letters i i haven't Lately, I used to a lot, yeah. a lot. I, I think I'm past the, you know, just they that I was the TV picture there? that they had hanging in. The- oh, oh nice. <laughs> Is that a compliment? Yeah. I am not so sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's and, and you know it's it's easier. Obviously, we all know that universally, it's easier to say things from behind a keyboard um, and not let somebody see who you are and who you. So we call them. Uh, we call them uh, Twitter thugs with keyboard courage who are tweeting from their parents' basement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a stock answer though, which actually makes my kids laugh all the time when I'll get like a rude response or a, a tweet that sounds, you know, like like scary or anything like that, and I say, "Stop flirting." <laughs> like it catches people off guard. <laughs> That's a hell of a way to flirt. All right, and I know you guys must have taken family vacations, right? Yes. Okay. 
a story from a family vacation because I can only imagine how cuckoo that must there be. Are, there, there are too many to tell you, but I will tell you because I do write I about this say, one. I there's one in the book. So we had, and I'm not even sure how it got planned, um, thinking back, but I do remember it being really spectacular and special to, to me in my memories. Um, Debbie and Carrie and Billy... Billy is Carrie's daughter and Connie Billy Lord and Connie and Jolie and Trisha went to Hawaii. I mean, people w- looked and they were like, not sure what they were seeing. They saw these icons, you know, my mom and Debbie wrapped in island sarongs and, oh, and Debbie with her turbans and sitting by the pool and laughing. And you can you hear their voices are so distinct. And then you hear Carrie's voice, which was always so distinct. And you could hear it a mile away. Billy has actually that same quality. Same thing. And you hear, you know, this sort of like husky Fisher tones. And we, and Trisha Lee, of course, and we, um, you know, sat out for like five days at the it, at the beach, at the pool. You know, Billy got in with dolphins. I have all these great photographs of it. And it was just... Um, it was just a transcendence. It was a movement from... Um, but anything mom, negative and your mom and Debbie, they didn't have a problem. He didn't leave your mom for Debbie. No, did he? that was Elizabeth no, Taylor and no. Debbie, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You mean when Liz ran to the arms of Dick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Richard Burton, <laughs> as he was called. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so it wasn't unusual that these two ex-wives could become friendly. It's not no. like Elizabeth Taylor went no, on the vacation. No, but it was sort of incongruous to see these all this group of women who and this was so billy was like she's like 23 or 4 now so she was only like 7 so this is quite a while ago and it you you it wouldn't be something that you'd go oh there's there's connie and debbie you know it was it what people were like oh that's an interesting um well they must have been talking cuz they must have known that both women were married at one time to the same man right and so there they are with all their children and so that must have been the talk of the hotel for sure right now, did anything funny ever happen, though? Like, did Debbie, because she was a funny woman, and your mother, too. So didn't they, like, did they play pranks? Did they do anything like there that? There is a video of, my mom had this, um, she called it the extravaganza, and it was a charity um, ski classic, celebrity ski classic, in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, where we had a home for 25 years. And so every year, she would bring celebrities up. And you would do the ski race and you'd have lunch with the people. And then you, that Saturday night, we'd do like the gala where everybody would get up and sing. And it was always such a wide variety of people. There were like country stars and, you know, actors that were like at the time, like all the guys from 90210. And, you know, like this is going back quite a while. So Debbie comes up one year and and also like, you know, Jack Carter and Lyle Wagner and like wow. these crazy comedians that would do like their shtick. And then, of course, we would all sing. But then eventually my mom built a house in Jackson Hole where now we weren't just staying at the hotel and staying up till four in the morning singing. And we were now doing that in our living room. And so um, Mariska Hargitay was with me, one of my dear friends, and Debbie and Connie and 
um, Margie Peterson. Do you remember the Petersons, uh, the Peterson Automotive Museum? Yes, Peterson it's right and, down the street. Right, here. so yeah, they were very, very dear friends, Margie and Bob Peterson. So we're all sitting in the living room, and the songs have now turned to stories. And now there's like a little bit of wine, and there's a little bit of um, getting up, and you know, moving around, and and I put the camera up on the bar, and I let I just. Recorded the whole thing, and then eventually Debbie turns to me. She goes, "You don't think I see the red light on the camera?" (laughs) And she made up a song about it, and I was like, "Busted!" (laughs) But you have that video now, so thank God you did that. I can't show it to anybody, but I do. Darn it! (laughs) I was just gonna say. I I was like, if only you could see video in the pages of these books. I'm happily surprised that they came out as well as they did because they get smaller. Wow, they're beautiful. Um, These pictures. By the way, I scanned about. 3,000 pictures and my publishers HarperCollins and um, Bonnie the woman who designed the the inserts um, and they did such a fabulous job but they really kind of chose according to the book how what they felt would best represent um, the photographs not what went in the book no 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 they they chose uh, um, a According to the stories that I had written, they were like, oh, well, we got to include, you know, a little bit of that. We've got to include, you know, um, some of the some of the great moments that are written about. We've got to see them in pictures. And I was like, oh, but you have but there's all these other pictures. But the next one, I think I'd like to just put out a whole book of just photographs because I have such amazing things. Well, why not? I don't know. That's a great coffee table book. I there's I nothing mean, wrong with that. Do it's it. Fantastic. It was a fa- you heard it here. I love it. All right, so we're gonna wrap up. And if there's a story that you want to share that's not in the book, oh gosh, that you you don't tell about, me that that you thought about putting in the book, and then you thought, you know what, maybe not. Was there anything like that? Um, you know, I mean, I'm not being like cagey or anything, but I don't think there is. I so, think I think it's very, very real. I talk about, you know... I'm asking that because I'm thinking there could be a book too. Other um, than a there picture could book. Be a, there could be a book too. There could be a book too. I, um, there could be a book about how, what happens, what are the repercussions of writing a book? <laughs> What did happen? Um, you know, lots of things. Like? Great things. You know, accolades. Some people were saying, you know, wow, we knew Carrie Fisher was a writer, but wow, Jolie, this is just um, just done so well. Um, Those are and people then who were- don't know you, because if anyone has had conversation with you, the use of your language is unbelievable. I feel like the book really feels like me talking. I really, really do. I wrote it that way. I wanted it to feel that way, like, you, like I was invited you guys in like a as a friend read this and you hear my voice when you read it I think you know my cadence and the the depth the dulcet tones and um I um and I'm proud of that then there are people you know and I don't you know I'm I can either choose to respond or not respond or just what's just, the negative what could be the negative here that I was trying to get attention or that I like you need that capitalized on you know the loss of family um but I I got to tell you it was I I like to say that it was inspired by the loss that it that I felt like 
um, you know, uh, is it time for me to write? Yes, it's time for me to write. It's always time for me to write. It's always um, a good catharsis. And, you know, there's a lot more in there than just about loss. And there's, um, you know, there's something for everybody. And I think I'm an, I, I, an accessible, identifiable kind of a female soul. And I think a lot of people feel that way about it. I'm hoping. Have you, I know you're doing your cabaret, which we're going to tell everyone again in a minute uh, how to see it. Um, have you thought of doing anything like Carrie did, like the one woman show she did? Well, that's what this is. It's so not, it, just, it just has music in it where Carrie yeah. really didn't. Right. She sang at the end right. a little bit. But um, this is really like it's got a through line of the story, but it really is about the music. I love yeah. it. All right. So tell people where uh, they can find out all the information so that they can buy the book Growing Up Fisher and they can see well, Jolie Fisher. Well, these are days you just go on to the Facebook and you go to Jolie Fisher Official or Growing Up Fisher dot 2018 tour on Facebook or follow me on social media at Ms. M-S J-O-E-L-Y-F-I-S-H-E-R Ms. Jolie Fisher on Instagram and Twitter and I am mouthy as all get out. You'll hear my politics. You'll hear my stories. You'll see my puppies and you'll hear about the dates. London, New York, Vegas, Palm Springs, and L.A. this far in 2018, and we'll see what happens next year. Oh, man, I love it, and I can't wait. You can find me, guys, at Lisa K. Earth on Twitter and LisaStanley30 on Instagram. And uh, thank you so much for taking time to come in and tell your story, what it was like growing up in a (laughs) fishbowl. You're welcome. I love you, Jolie. Love you too, babe.